This is The Premise, and I'm your host, Jennifer. Chad Thompson. De- no, Chad I, Thompson's the no, host. I'm the host. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Thompson. And I'm Chad Thompson, the host. <laughs> Today on The Premise, we are speaking with Mark Coker, an author and founder of Smashwords, a worldwide dis- distributor of self-published ebooks. He offers self-publishing advice on his blog, and he is the host of Smart Author, a podcast that guides writers through the process of ebook publishing. Mark is widely recognized as one of the industry's leading movers in the self-publishing industry. Mark Coker, welcome to The Premise. Well, thank you, Jennifer and Chad. I'm I am blushing. Oh, yay! Well, I'm sorry we can't see you blushing, but maybe you wouldn't want to share that with the whole world anyway. We'll keep the blushing at a minimum. All right. Well, it's great. <laughs> it's great to be here. Where are you in the world today, and where where are you calling from? Los Gatos, California. Oh, that's such a great area. I love that area. And have you and your team been working from home throughout this weird new reality? Well, we have. You know, actually, you know. We founded the company 12 years ago now, and we originally started in a single office. And then just over time, the company went virtual. So today we are entirely virtual. So this hasn't been a transition. This has just been... Comfortable. Nice. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's that's good. And, and how's it going? What's the overall climate like in your neighborhood in terms of shopping? And how are people doing? Well, you know, it's a it's a difficult time here. Uh, it's a difficult time everywhere. Um, you know, we're living in a completely new world. The world today yeah. is not the world it was two months ago. And, you know, our lives are changed forever. Uh, it's, it's a completely new world that we're living in. Hmm. So, you know, it, you know, knock on wood so far, you know, my friends and family are healthy. I hope yours are too. I yeah, hope, thank I hope you. the audience is uh, is coping well. Uh, this is mm-hmm. a traumatic time for everyone. Yeah, uh, but we will get through this. We will all get through this and eventually come out stronger at the other end. And that's what we I need think to so look too. forward to. Yeah, I agree. I think so I too. I admire your optimism. Hmm. How are you able to get groceries? Has that been going okay for you? Well, it's been a challenge. You know, my wife and I have taken the shelter in place orders seriously. We've now been um, sheltered in place for over a month. Um, We're ordering uh, groceries uh, that we can online and, and, um, and then doing the pickups at the store, they bring the, the, the groceries out to your, to your car. And we're taking all the precautions and probably in many cases going above and beyond. But, you know, this is not a virus to be trifled with. Totally. And, you know, although my wife and I are um, healthy, uh, you know, we don't want to get it because we don't want to pass it on to anybody. Yeah, absolutely. We want to help uh, do our part to bring this to an end. Well, thank you. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that. We've had trouble getting pickups, just having, you know, whether it's Amazon or <laughs> Amazon, the monster, we'll talk about them later. But even like our local grocery stores and Albertsons, even like curbside pickup has been difficult to get a time. We've we've had the best luck with uh, restaurants that have actually converted to grocery stores. Yeah. Have you experienced that in your neighborhood? Um, we haven't. Well, I, I know that that's happening and I'd love to see that happening. It's great to see uh, communities supporting their local businesses that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we 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 shop, uh, you know, here at a, a chain in Silicon Valley uh, called Knob Hill, and uh, we found that the secret. Don't tell anyone. Actually, tell everybody. <laughs> um, if you try to, if you sign up for the pickup uh, right at the stroke of midnight, oh. uh, it opens up new slots. They only have nice. a limited number of slots each day. Um, you know, my parents are ordering online through Costco and uh, Instacart. Yeah. And um, that's been working out really well for them. They're extremely pleased with that. So that's another option for people to consider. Yeah. But it, it is really interesting to see how, you know, all of these things that we took for granted. Um, yeah, you know, right. Toilet uh, you know, paper, we, we, for yeah, example. Oh, gosh, toilet paper. You have a new appreciation <laughs> right. for it. it. Right. It's close to impossible to find. Yeah, it really is. It's also close to impossible to get a bidet. Yeah, like that's all the bidet true. attachments are completely sold out everywhere, and they're all back ordered till late May. I can imagine really, that uh, everyone's probably wants a bidet right now. <laughs> they're like, "Ooh, this is brilliant." And Chad the, and I been, the Europeans are laughing at us. Yeah, they totally right? are. You right? know, they, they think we're backward to be even using <laughs> toilet paper anymore. I agree with them. Yeah, we've been we've had our eye on a Japanese bidet that's actually a whole toilet. It sings. It's heated. <laughs> I mean, this thing is a badass bidet. I'm just going to say that. My okay, how, how did me. we get on this discussion? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Do you want to talk about Smashwords? <laughs> let's sure. let's tell our listeners how Smashwords work works. Um, you know, talk to us about your working model. Okay, well, Smashwords is a free ebook publishing and distribution platform. So you come to Smashwords, you sign up for a free account, you upload your book uh, following the formatting instructions uh, that we provide, and we will convert that book instantly into multiple ebook file types. And then we'll distribute that book to most of the, ma- the major retailers. So Apple, Barnes and Noble, Kobo. We also distribute to public libraries. Uh, we we pay eighty five percent of the net that comes in, so that works out to sixty percent of the list price uh, mm. for books sold through retail. We also um, operate our own ebook store, which we've been operating now continuously for twelve years. And uh, in our store, authors earn royalties up to eighty percent list. Mm. So that's a wow! That, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been really great, and we're seeing um, really impressive growth in our store the last few years. So it, it, that it's it, this our store, our little store is the engine that could, and is growing in the opposite direction of the rest of the industry right now. Wow. What's well, it's nice to hear that uh, you're able to eke out something in the shadow of the big A. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is a challenge. It, it is. It, you know, I I have to pinch myself sometimes to realize that we are still in business um, mm-hmm. after you know twelve years of competing in Amazon's shadow. You know, when I when back in two thousand nine, when I made the decision to uh, you know become an ebook distributor. You know, initially we were just an ebook publishing platform operating our own store. I never thought about distributing ebooks to other retailers, but in two thousand nine we began distributing ebooks to other retailers and completely changed our focus and our priorities. And our priority became, you know, how can we help retailers profit from our author's books? Hmm. And we, we, we even had um, a relationship with Amazon early on, you know, we wanted to help them profit from our books, but um, you know, Amazon's a unique company and they don't partner well 
with um, <laughs> with anybody, right? Yeah. Especially distributors. You know, they they you know one of the 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 fra- the phrases that you hear thrown around, you know through the years of Amazon lore is that, you know, Jeff Bezos says that your margin is my opportunity. Mm. Uh, he said that, I think, in reference to the large publishers, but it applies to just about uh, anybody working with Amazon, whether you're a publisher, a self-published author, or a provider of mousetraps. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different way of, uh, of, of looking at how you run your business. It's, it's about stripping stripping the profit away from the supplier and mm-hmm. putting that profit into the pockets of consumers via low-cost products. Right. Well, that's just a logical extension of capitalism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, yeah. He, uh, Bezos is, you know, Amazon is brilliant, and they have really formed a new model of capitalism. Mm-hmm. You know, most capitalistic companies operate their businesses for a profit. And when they're operating at a profit, they're paying taxes, they're, you know, contributing to society through those taxes so that we can build roads and highways and hospitals and all that. Uh, Amazon, you know, from the very beginning, their approach was that they were going to run their business at basically break even mm-hmm. and plow all of the potential profit back into their business, investing, you know, in capital infrastructure and new services. And investing in uh, offering customers low-cost products. Amazon knows that, you know, if you can build a store that has the largest possible selection and the lowest possible prices, that those low prices are going to serve as a magnet, uh, a beacon that just attracts uh, customers like, you know, moths to a flame. Mm-hmm. And it's been a very successful... I like your analogy. <laughs> oh, I had another analogy that came to mind, but I stopped myself because we're going to be PG-13. Flies and- <laughs> yeah, okay. We're, we're PG-13 today. Um, right, right. But, 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 you know, so it's a model that worked really well for Amazon. It allowed them to always have products or almost always have products that are priced lower than the competition. It really motivates consumers to shop there and look there first as opposed to somewhere else. Um, and it's allowed them to not have to pay taxes to the federal government. Because they're not paying taxes to the federal government while other companies are, it means other yeah. companies that are competing against Amazon don't have the same amount of capital to reinvest in their business. So, right. um, you know, that is the genius of, of their business model. It, and uh, they've been very successful with it. But we're also starting to see the uh, the long-term negative implications of that business model when you are a supplier to Amazon. Now, in the old days, you know, you'd think of a supplier to Amazon as some big amorphous branded company, and you didn't really care too much about them. But increasingly today, we are all suppliers to Amazon. We are all, you know, if we're writing books, we are a supplier to Amazon. And that margin, which Amazon views as their opportunity, is coming out of your pocket. And unlike a manufacturer of mousetraps, you cannot outsource your writing to China. Mm-hmm. And, and it puts authors in a really difficult position um, who, you know, trying to, you know, professional authors trying to eke out a living. And if not a living, just, you know, a few extra dollars a month to, to put food on the table, it, mm-hmm. it becomes uh, very, very difficult. 
You wrote an article in, in Publishers Weekly that caught my attention entitled Self-Published Authors, Are Self-Published Authors Still Indie Authors? And I want to talk about that. In, in that article, you wrote, even authors who resist the siren call of KDP Select, and we can talk about what that is, and distribute to all retailers, do 70% or more of sales through Amazon. If a self-published author is earning 70% or more of their income from a single retailer, can they honestly call themselves an indie author? Can you speak to that? Sure. So if we go back, uh, look back in history, you know, my history in publishing started, well, about 15 years ago when my wife and I wrote a novel and our agent was unable to sell it to a publisher. And so I started Smashwords in response to that in 2008. Um, back in those days, um, it was it was really difficult for a self-published author to do well. Back mm -hmm. then, self-publishing was all about print. Ebooks 12 years ago accounted for less than 1% of the overall trade book market. So that meant that if you were going to reach readers, you had to do it in print. But if you wanted to reach readers in print, you really needed to get your book into bookstores. If you didn't get your book into bookstores, you weren't going to sell any books. That's mm -hmm. why most self-published authors at the time failed. That's why there was so much stigma around self-publishing. But when ebooks came along, um, you know, well, backing up a second, the only way to get your book into bookstores was to work with a large publisher. So if a large publisher was unwilling to publish your book, uh, you you became yeah, a you're, failed you're author. Stuck, right? Yeah, you yeah. had no way to reach readers. But everything changed with the advent of ebooks. Ebooks made it possible for these bookstores to operate online stores where the shelves were virtual, digital shelves, digital books, and suddenly the stores could stock an unlimited quantity of books. And every major store wanted to carry, carry every self-published ebook. This allowed self-published authors to have their books displayed side by side on the virtual shelves along with the books from the major publishers. And to many people's surprise, these self-published books started selling because mm -hmm, readers right. don't, don't care, you know, the name of the publisher on the spine of the book. They mm -hmm. care about the quality of the writing. They care about the, the author brand. Do, do, do they know you? Do they trust you? And so that was a really um, exciting time 12 years ago and 10 years ago as, as you know, this indie author movement took off and self-published authors were celebrating their independence. Suddenly, they had the same tools that large publishers had. The level, the, the playing field uh, wasn't just leveled. Uh, it was tilted to the benefit of indie authors because these indie authors started pricing their books at 99 cents, 299, 399, while all the major publishers were still trying to hold the line at $9.99 for their books. And so when customers were viewing two books of, of equal quality and one was 299 and the other is 12.99, which book is more appealing? And and so indie authors had this tremendous advantage and started just ripping up the ground and doing really well. And and self-published authors, um, you know, within a couple of years started calling themselves indie authors. And whereas, mm -hmm. you know, self-publishing <laughs> had always carried this horrible stigma of right. shame and failure. Uh, right. The the you know, the indie authors, they were suddenly the cool kids on the block. Everyone mm -hmm. wanted to be an indie. 
and mm-hmm. and and indie stands for independent and and making your own way and being your own publisher and so to this day um you know self-published authors self-identify as indie authors they wear it as a badge of pride but um you know i've been increasingly concerned over the last few years and i've blogged quite a bit about this uh that that this that there are forces afoot that seek to uh, strip the independence away from self-published authors. And um, it's been happening continuously since 2011 when Amazon first introduced KDP, KDP Select. Select. Yeah. And, and it continues to, to, to this day. And so what I'm looking at is you know, I, I'm seeing frogs slowly boiled alive. <laughs> if if you're getting 100% of your sales from Amazon because your books are only exclusive to Amazon, mm-hmm. can you really call yourself an indie author? Right. And, you know, yes, as a self-published author, you have the power to opt out of KDP Select, but you've just missed out on the last 12 years of platform building and readership building at all of these other retailers. And these other retailers are much smaller and weaker than they were 10 years ago when they first opened their doors to you. Because of KDP Select. Because of KDP Select. So we've got this situation where it's getting increasingly difficult for ebook retailers to compete against Amazon. Because if you are a pure play bookseller and your business is dependent upon you being able to earn a profit selling books because that's all you sell and you've you're competing against a company like Amazon that's willing to operate their business at break even or at a loss because they can make up their money selling other things to your readers um it makes it really difficult you know if you're Barnes and Noble or Kobo to uh, reinvest in your business and to compete and to offer the same prices and customer experience. And so what we've seen over the last few years is that the prospects for uh, many of Amazon's competitors have faded. They're no longer the same force they were. And we're moving in a direction here where if we lose more uh, retailers out there, it means that Amazon is just going to further consolidate their stranglehold on the market, which means fewer opportunities for authors and publishers. It means less competition. It means retailers no le- no longer need to compete for the privilege of carrying your book, which will ultimately right. mean lower royalties. Right. And um, that 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 is a dark future that I that I'm talking about. But this this story has been. Uh, you know, this has been a slow-moving, predictable train crash. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I, I warned about it in 2011. Uh, everything that I cautioned about uh, has come true and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, indie authors need to remember that you still have the power. Indie authors are the future of publishing. In fact, all authors today are indie authors because – you have choices you didn't have before. You can start writing a book today and with 100% assurance know that one way or another, your book is going to be published and available to readers. You can pursue the traditional publishing path. You can pursue the self-publishing path. You can be a hybrid author and pursue both. Um, 
that's a wonderful opportunity. But what we've seen here, you know, since 2011, is that a large number of self-published authors have willingly surrendered their independence to Amazon by going exclusive to Amazon. And now we're seeing those effects play out. Well, I mean, I got to say, you know, I work with a lot of independent authors and Chad and I in our company, Monkey C Media, we design books, we help people make publishing choices, and I'm a branding expert. And the biggest crux that all of my clients face is how do we find our readers? You know, and so we talk to them about platform building, but, you know, KDP Select, and and actually, I feel like we need to tell our listeners what KDP Select is, because yeah. some may not know. So why don't you go ahead and, and give people a brief overview of what that means? Sure. So since the end of 2007, starting in 2007, Amazon introduced something called the Digital Text Platform. They later renamed it KDP for Kindle Direct Publishing. Uh, in December, and, and with Kindle Direct Publishing, it's like Smashwords, you upload, or similar to Smashwords, you upload your book and it's for sale in their store. Mm-hmm. In December 2011, they introduced an option for KDP called KDP Select. And with KDP Select, uh, you agree to make your book exclusive to Amazon, make your ebook exclusive to Amazon for a period of 30 days. This means you can't sell it at any other retailer. You can't even sell it off of your own website. And in exchange for that exclusivity, Amazon gives you access to uh, preferential uh, book marketing tools, discoverability. Uh, They give you preferential uh, visibility within their store. And then the the converse of that is that if you don't agree to go exclusive to them, you're disadvantaged. So they push some authors down and other authors up, depending on whether or not you're willing to um, be exclusive to them. Mm -hmm. And, And that's pretty enticing. Isn't it 90 days? 90 days, three months. Isn't that, did I say, did I you say? You said 30 days. You said 30 days. Oh, sorry. Days. Yeah. I, I that's meant okay. to say okay. uh, three months. Right, right. It, my my uh, question is, how is this even a, a legal thing? I mean, because the whole pay to play, mm-hmm. th- this reeks of that. And that's not legal on radio mm-hmm. or TV. So, um, you know, Amazon, <laughs> they, it, 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 you know. They do a lot of things like that. They're like, how yes. do they do that? How do they get away with it? Because they haven't right. been sued yet, I guess. So, but they so, so here's why. No. So here, here's why they've been able to get away with it. Um, you know, I've I've spoken over the years with antitrust experts who know much more about this than I do. But basically, when you look at the history of antitrust law in the United States, it's been kind of like a pendulum. And the pendulum at times has swung in the direction of the producers of products and other times in the in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And um, the, one of the things, you know, when the when the antitrust laws were written, uh, they were written to a great extent to protect consumers. You know, they they wanted to prevent. Imagine you know, that. <laughs> uh, you know, certain companies right. gaining monopolies and then determining what the price and availability would be for a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what Amazon's doing, although although I I, w- I would agree that, or I I would you know. I, I've said this, they are anti-competitive and they do deserve antitrust scrutiny by the government. And they are starting to get that scrutiny. Um, they, they have managed, I think, to skirt antitrust uh, scrutiny to date by 
being able to say that everything that we're doing, you know, all these these the, all the hardball that we play with our producers allows us to provide lower costs to the consumers. To the con- yeah. So as long yeah. as consumers are benefiting from their cheap products, uh, it's not as big of a deal. But the, I think the pendulum is starting to to swing in the other direction. Uh, the you know the politicians in Washington are talking about this more and more. Um, Certainly, the Democrats have been talking about it on the campaign trail. Uh, I, I had a short chat with Elizabeth Warren at one of her events about her feelings about Amazon, and that was really—it was really great to hear that you know these these smart people in power are starting to recognize that um, it, it's not just about low consumer prices. That, that you know we are all product producers now, mm-hmm. and and you know these companies are. Uh, <clears throat> You know, or Amazon uh, it d- is acting in a way that makes it difficult for other small businesses to even get a foothold in their own community, mm-hmm. and that's not fair. You know, the, yeah. the purpose of antitrust law is to enable a thriving, um, level playing field with lots of competition. You know, antitrust law isn't about choosing who wins and who loses. It's just to create a fair playing field for everyone, and the playing field is not fair right now. You know, in Silicon Valley. If you're if you are if you're an entrepreneur and you want to go knock on the door of a venture capitalist to get funding for your new business idea, if they think that your business either competes with Amazon or Amazon's likely to enter your business, you're less likely to get funding. It's kind of game over for e-commerce uh, in that regard. Mm. It, well, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I. So it just creates, it's a tough environment. And I think, I think society is starting to wake up and recognize that a few platforms, uh, Amazon, Facebook, uh, Google, uh, they have amassed so much power that it's no longer in the public interest for them to have that power to themselves. That, 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 you know, these companies probably need to be broken up. It, you know, if we look at Amazon, uh, you know, th- they're not just an e-commerce store. They're not just a retailer. Uh, you know, it, when it comes to publishing, they're also a publisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they're they're not just a monopoly, but also a monopsony. Mm-hmm. They they have there's they, a word for you. I like yeah, that word. There, there's a word to Google. <laughs> they they uh, they've got the largest collection of products. They've got the largest collection of customers, and they can dictate terms mm-hmm. to authors and publishers. And, and you know, you see this with KDP Select. They position it as an option, an opportunity, but it's really forced servitude. Mm-hmm. It, it's saying you you agree to be a tenant farmer on my soil, otherwise I'm I'm going to bury your books in the basement. Well, and that's, that's the thing is, at, you know, as a service provider of indie authors, when my authors come to me and say, I can't find my readers, I know that KDP Select is going to get them in front of more readers. I know that if they take advantage of the offer it for free, they're going to get become a best-selling author for a day, which helps. They get that badge. It puts them higher up. If they do Amazon ads, they're going to just reach a higher market share on Amazon. And I know so many people who are making a lot of money turning out books on Amazon exclusively. And so it's like, 
What, what do we do? How do we follow our hearts? I mean, here on the premise, we're always telling our listeners, shop local, you know, go to your local bookstores. You know, we're encouraging them to buy at our local Warwicks. And, and yet, by the same t- token, I know that new authors are going to have more success on Amazon. I mean, how do we, what do, what do I tell them? Well, I'm told that heroin is a fabulous experience. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, and I'm sure there's a dealer out there that would glad, gladly let me have a taste of it if I wanted. But I don't want to taste that. I don't want to become dependent on that. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I understand, I understand the siren call. You know, here's a whole bunch of readers and, uh, you know, a really interesting... Uh, program that you can get into that gives you an advantage in the marketplace that mm-hmm. that is very appealing mm-hmm. but just understand that you are trading your you're future. selling your soul you're selling your soul to this <laughs> this higher power that isn't necessarily that doesn't benevolent. care about you yeah no right. i agree it's tough and, like and and, and 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 we should talk about amazon ads let's do yeah let's do it Amazon is replacing, uh, you know, they used to have these shelves called people who bought this also bought this. Right. And those shelves were fabulous because they, they helped surface great products that your peers, your fellow consumers are buying, yeah. were buying and, and endorsing. And it was a, they were a great way to discover other products of similar, you know, that you would be interested in. But Amazon is now replacing those shelves with these sponsored shelves mm-hmm. where authors have to pay for the visibility. And mm-hmm. these, these sponsored spots on these shelves, um, you have to bid for them. The more money you bid, the higher the chances that you appear and you know, the first one, two, three, or four appear on the screen. Same thing like with, with Google search results. If you're not in the first three or four results, you're invisible. You might as well be invisible. Mm-hmm. Or buying it's, an end cap in a in a physical store. Yeah, sure, Barnes and Noble sure. used to do the same thing. Yeah, right? and sure. still does. <clears throat> yeah. So, so this, Amazon's becoming pay to play. You can you can pay a lot of money to to get your book more visible, but you need to understand that what you're paying is a tax. It is a tax against your royalties. You're no longer earning seventy percent list. You're no longer earning what. You're, what you're getting from the sales because your your marketing expenses have gone up. You know, I, I've spoken with authors that are, you know, s- investing thousands of dollars a month and some of them are losing that money, some aren't. Um, and another another problem with that model, there are so many different problems with, with Amazon ads. I, I would encourage every single listener to go to Amazon right now, click over to the book section and type in your author name and see what happens. Mm-hmm. The first three rows. Very little. <laughs> the, well, the first three rows of of search results, when you type in your name, are going to be for other authors' books. How is that a service to readers? It's not. Right. It's right. not. And 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 we know from past experience, from science, that those first few rows are the most critical, most visible rows, the most likely rows to be clicked on by customers. So here is your, your customer. You've, you've invested the last 10 years building your brand and Amazon is now selling your brand to the highest bidder. They're divert, diverting your customers 
to other authors who are willing to pay money to to have these sponsored ads. So it's a disservice to the customer. It's a disservice to the author. They are forcing authors to trample upon one another. And this is by design. By, by design, yeah. And, and so, I, I, you know, when a, a lot of authors realize the game behind this and why Amazon's doing it and how it's negatively infecting, affecting them, um, you know, usually the response is um, some anger because mm-hmm. this is not fair. This is not fair. You know, I, when, when I talk with our authors, when I talk with, you know, with, you know our authors, they, they don't want handouts. They just want a level playing field. Right. You talk to, you know, talk to the best selling well, authors. We've been fighting for that for years. I mean, yeah. like you said, you know, I mean, self-publishing, there was a time when we couldn't get distribution, period. Right. So it's, it's interesting that we've been fighting for that level playing field and now it's just starting to tilt again. But then, well, it, it, yeah, you're, the benefits that you once had are slowly being taken away. So, mm-hmm. this, so Amazon ads, it's a way to uh, reduce your power reduce the power of your brand. It's a way to commoditize books. So books start feeling more interchangeable with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's taking away your ah! power. It's, <laughs> it, it's um, when you look at KDP Select and especially Kindle Unlimited, Kindle mm-hmm. Unlimited allows readers, subscribers to consume an unlimited number of books mm-hmm. per month. Well, yeah. um, you, you look at a, go to any Amazon page where there's a, a an ebook priced at 99 cents that is enrolled in KU. Amazon is making that 99 cent book look too expensive. Cuz yeah. it says read this book for free. Sure. It's part of your subscription. So Amazon is training the world's largest collection of readers in the world to expect that they should be able to consume books for what feels like free. They're making single copy purchases seem too expensive. Mm-hmm. So this this is long-term destructive to the opportunity for authors and publishers. It, it's also another way for Amazon to pay you less because they no longer have to pay you 70% list. They're going to pay you based on the number of pages that uh, the, the customer reads. reads. Yeah, so and completely this, this writing model. was on the wall. I yeah. mean, with, with streaming, same sort of thing happened. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's like this was the next again the next obvious step. So you know sometimes I feel like I'm just <clears throat> the lone person crying into the wind. Well, about this. I, I was going to ask you: Are you the only person I know who doesn't have an Amazon account and doesn't buy on? Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. I no. I admit I I I have an Amazon account. I do buy from Amazon. You know when I have opportunities to buy somewhere else, I do. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's difficult not to live in this world today without Amazon. Mm-hmm. I was just reading something the other day that said, you know, COVID-19 is like the best thing to happen That's to Amazon to, because totally. yeah. Uh, it's eliminated Main Street America uh, retail. <clears throat> and if you want to buy online, you ju- you, you've you got Amazon, Walmart, and Target. And there's basically <laughs> no one else. Mm-hmm. That This is not... This would. This is not a good future with that kind of consolidation of power. Totally. Yeah. It's. It. I agree with you. I mean, when I think, when I 
actually sit and think about it and look at the writing on the wall, as you say, I do feel like a frog slowly boiling. And I feel like, oh, my God, what can we do? Do we just stop altogether? You know, when I try and encourage people to support local, I, I personally try and buy as much as I can locally, whether it's boutique or local shops or even Target. You know, I'd rather support Target than I would Amazon because they are such a huge behemoth. And it's scary. The future looks scary to me. We've gone down a rabbit hole. Well, the, the future. The, the, well, the future is scary, but but it's important that we all recognize, you know, what the truth is, mm-hmm. and and recognize what, where these trends. I think there needs to be more trends. education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, we've I'm, done our part to try to do that, um, but but you know, I also understand that you know when you look at this problem, one, especially once you recognize that it's a problem, and then you look at your own publishing strategy. The the antidote to this problem is tough medicine, mm-hmm. and it means you know foregoing that short term buzz of the heroine, the heroine of of Ku and KDP Select, and and deciding, look, I am going I'm going to build my career for the long term. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build a diversified distribution strategy so that if one of my retailers decides to get uppity, it doesn't matter because I'm diversified. I've got multiple income streams coming in from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Smashwords, Apple, uh, you know, public libraries, Overdrive. Um, That, if you can do that, you create a much more sustainable future. So, you know, in in the Publishers Weekly article, um, you know, it talks about 70%. Well, not all authors get 70%. I would say 35. most most yeah. most get 70% of their sales from Amazon, but there are a lot of authors who've been uh, maintaining broad, uh, wide distribution across all the different retailers who are earning more at other retailers than they are at Amazon. Unfortunately, they're the exception rather than the rule because so many authors have dabbled with KDP Select. And every time you dabble with KDP Select, you undermine your platform building at all the other retailers and, and take yeah. a step back. A lot, you know, a lot of authors think, well, you know, it's only three months. I'll just put my books in there and see what happens. Well, you might get some short-term benefit out of that, but you're causing yourself long-term damage uh, to your career. Mm, but these okay. are, you know, these are difficult decisions. I, I remember yeah. having a conversation a few years ago at a conference with an author, and and she told me, you know, I can tell you, I hate exclusivity. I resent that I am forced to do this, but I am the sole breadwinner for my family. And she said, you know, my, this is how I feed my family. And I, I totally understand that. Yeah. You know, if, it's if, tough. It's a tough call. It really yeah. Is. You know, how, how do you live for the long term when you're starving today? Yeah. Well, and then the people on the other side of that coin are the people who are doing it in their spare time and are just happy to have a couple extra bucks right. at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Right. And to and sell anything, right? No. Right. And it's also important to recognize that um, writers write books for reasons that are different than publishers publish books. So pub- publishers publish books because they're in the business of publishing and making money selling books. But writers write for different reasons. Many writers write just because you know they've got a story inside them that they need to tell, they need to share, and if they don't, their head is going to burst. <laughs> and you know you you've got writers out there that 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 they don't care about the money aspect but they do care about touching people 
with their wisdom, with their experience, with their stories. Mm-hmm. And Amazon understands this. It, they understand that authors are easily exploitable in this regard. Absolutely. Because, because many yeah. authors uh, value readership over money. Most, I and, would say. And when you value readership over money, then it's easy for Amazon to come along and say, look, we're going to give you lots of readers, but we're just going to pay you, you, know, pay you. Yeah. a half penny a page. And we're, you know, we're, a few years ago, I did a, I used to do April Fool's posts at the Smashwords blog, and they're all still up there and entertaining yeah. to look at. Um, <laughs> I did a post where um, it was a satire, satirical April Fool's post that talked about how Amazon had solved the book marketing problem. And I think I the saw solution, that one, actually. <laughs> the solution was for authors to pay readers by the page to be read. <laughs> and readers were making tons of money and the authors were reaching lots of readers. I, that, that was satirical, but I, but I also wrote that like because... like we're headed that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We, yeah. I, yes, I wrote it because we are headed that way. That is what it's becoming. Um, you know, if we go, go back and look at Amazon ads again... Um, the Amazon ads is uses uh, basically the auction model for advertising, the same thing with Google ads. Um, and in the auction model, you basically economic theory would say that the price of that ad gets bid up to the point at which there's no more marginal profit if you go above that price of the ad based on what the conversion rate is. Right. Okay. But I had an author explain to me a few months ago something that I hadn't even thought about yet. You know, many authors write series. In fact, series books typically sell better than standalone books. Mm-hmm. And if you're a writer of series, it's really important that you get the the reader into the first book. And then once you got them in the first book, they'll go on to the other books. But when you combine that with the dynamic of the au- the auction model, it means that many series writers are now overbidding for for the promotion on the first book with the assumption that that's going to be their loss leader. They're not going to make any money on that book, Hmm. but they're hoping to make it on the follow-on books. So, that's artificially inflating the cost of the ads for the rest of the authors that just want to market a standalone book. Yeah. So, when when your clients are are bidding for for ads, they're bidding against these series authors who are willing to go underwater. Literally. Yeah. They're they're willing to to go in the red to to get that reader and that's not a sustainable model uh for you know authors who who want to you know bring in more supplemental income or to make this their full-time job yeah and just you know find readers and be able to sell books and write books you know I want to go back to Smashwords because I'm starting to feel a little depressed. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's true. And it's a really important conversation. And I'm glad we're having it because, you know, I too forget, you know, we get caught up in this swell, if you will, of opportunity that Amazon provides for unknown authors. But but let's talk about Smashwords and the, the really great stuff that you guys are doing over there. And I applaud you and thank you for being here today. So we can educate our listeners, not just about Amazon, but about Smashwords. Sure. So you, first of all, it's free. You convert for them to all versions and then people can get into distribution. Do they choose the distribution channels? Is Amazon one of them? So, uh, well, yes and no. 
Okay. Tell us how it works. So the way it works is you you upload your book to Smashwords, and your book will automatically be distributed to all of our major uh, distribution channels. But you also have the ability to instantly opt out of any channel that you don't want, Got or it. that you might be reaching some other via some other method. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do distribute a small number of books to Amazon, but but it's only a small number. It's about two hundred books out of a total population of over five hundred thousand books that we have at Smashwords. So that the distribution to Amazon via Smashwords is only available to authors that have a proven track record. We call it the two thousand dollar club. <laughs> now, now we we would prefer to distribute all of our books to Amazon. Yeah, and we okay. certainly we certainly tried to do that back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. But Amazon uh, would not let our authors have access to uh, what, what, what's called agency pricing. Mm. It, Despite the fact that every other major retailer gave gave us agency terms, Amazon would not. That's interesting. And in or, the the only way for us to provide you know full scale distribution to Amazon was if we agreed to allow Amazon to have control over our authors' book prices. Book prices uh, using uh, under the uh, the former uh, wholesale model of eBooks. Mm, mm-hmm. So you know, just I don't know if you want to go into the history or not of wholesale versus. Um, agency but let's do it uh, yeah okay. i think it's a it's a good learning experience yeah, for so, our listeners you know for the last however many decades or all time um the books were sold through physical retail retailers under the wholesale model so the book might have a retail price of twenty dollars uh and the the publisher would give the store a 50 percent discount and sell the book to them for ten dollars and then the the retailer had the ability to price the book basically at any price they want wanted, and it gave the retailer the ability to discount the book however they wanted. So maybe they don't sell it for twenty, maybe they sell it for fifteen or whatever. Well, that when eBooks came on the scene, uh, the wholesale model was the model that all the major retailers adopted. So that was Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Sony, uh, Kobo at the time. They were all under the wholesale model. But then when Amazon, starting in uh, 2010, Amazon started price matching against the prices of other retailers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they saw the price lower somewhere else, they'd lower the price. But Amazon also had a policy where if your book dropped below $299, you went from 70% royalty down to 35%. And so we had situations where uh Sony would discount a book down to like $2.97. Hmm. And that was causing those same authors to have Amazon drop them into the lower paying tier. It wasn't it. fair. And 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 so we it, and then in 2010 Apple came along with this new model uh called agency where they would pay the publisher 70% list let the publisher set their own price and, and and apple wouldn't discount and so as soon as that model came along we instantly saw that as a much superior model because we're all about putting authors in control of over their own pricing we think you should decide what your book is worth not a retailer sure and and so we had to 
uh, lobby all of our retail partners uh, very strongly to get them to switch Smashwords over to the agency model. At the time, the agency model was only available to the big five New York publishers, which put self-published authors at a disadvantage. But we were able to successfully negotiate uh, moving all of our retailers over to the agency model. But Amazon wouldn't do it. Hmm. And so that's why we don't distribute to Amazon. We would still love to if they ever wake up and realize that they could be making a lot of money with our books. But, right, but I, I don't. I don't think that day is going to come. Can authors go through KDP, not KDB Select, to be clear? Yes, and Smashwords, so they yes. can have their books on Amazon. Okay, yes, and that's what we recommend, and, and uh, that's what Amazon really wanted to happen. I would imagine. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I expect so. But we, yeah. we have always recommended that every author should be at Amazon. There's no question mm-hmm. in my mind about that. We just recommend that you participate in the regular KDP and don't participate in the KDP Select, right. dis- despite the siren call, because Amazon makes it really tempting. As you're setting up your book at Amazon, they, mm-hmm. they've created their platform in a way that it makes it look like your book setup is not complete unless you take advantage of all these extra bells and whistles that require exclusivity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So anyway, back back to Smashwords. We went back to Amazon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can talk about Amazon all day, but it, it's not it's not uplifting to me either. It's, right. It's, no, I, don't, I know. I mean, I, I've been saying the same thing like a broken record now for ten years, and um, you know, people can either listen or not. And I think it's, but I do think it's important, you know, organizations like IBPA, Independent Book Publishers Association, you know, they are providing education. And I know that you write for their magazine, you teach at their annual conference, you write for Publishers Weekly, and it's really important that people have access to this information. So I really appreciate it, despite the fact that it makes me feel slightly depressed. And and (laughs) the good news is that, you know, there's always that, you know, um, the shine, the silver lining, if you will, is that there are places like Smashwords. And yeah, let's so go let's, back to it. Let, yeah, let's talk about, you know, we have a different approach than Amazon does. We're all about supporting the authors. We The author is the publisher. When you publish with Smashwords, you, could, you are the publisher. You control all the rights to your book. We don't have any exclusivity programs. Uh, we don't charge you for advertising. Uh, we have created a truly level playing field, uh, both for our distribution services and in our own store. Uh, we've created um, a bunch of really cool tools that remain exclusive to Smashwords just because no one else has done them. Um, one of our most popular tools is the Smashwords Coupon Manager. And we've continued to expand the capabilities of that tool over the years. You can create custom coupon codes for your books. So you can run any kind of custom promotion you want. You Hmm. can do cents off, dollars off. You can determine when the coupon expires. You can do um, what we call metered coupons. So you can uh, that. So these are you can set a limit of the number of coupon redemptions that can occur before the coupon expires. Wow. So if I'm teaching a class, let's just say I'm teaching a class and I give people that coupon in the class, I can give them an incredible deal. Sure. Will you also allow people to give it away for free with the coupon? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Your book can Very be nine cool. ninety nine, but if you know, everyone attending your class can get it for free at Smashwords if you give them the coupon to do that. 
And, that is cool. And, and we're happy for you to do that. We love for you mm-hmm. to do that or to offer them a discount. Um, so we also, uh, a couple of years ago, introduced kind of a self, it's a self-merchandising tool. If you look at the Smashwords homepage, you'll see there are shelves promoting books that we're recommending to mm-hmm. readers. Those mm-hmm. recommendations are based on actual sales of those books across our different retail channels and in the Smashwords store. So those books that are bubbling up to the top are the books that fellow readers are voting for with their pocketbooks. Also very cool. And one of the one of the shelves on there that that allows showcases uh, books that are on sale by the author. When you create a coupon at Smashwords, you can decide if that coupon is public or private. If mm. it's a private coupon, nobody knows about it other than the people that you share it with. If it's a public coupon, we will promote your book as on sale at Smashwords, mm. and you have a chance to get visibility within that shelf. That's awesome. We also ha- we also do a number of different annual sales each year. Mm-hmm. So there's the Read an Ebook Week sale, which is our longest running sale, happens the first week of March. There's the July Summer Winter sale. There's the Smashwords End of Year sale. Um, and then just about a month ago, we created a new sale that we've never done before called Authors Give Back. And you know this is a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, an opportunity for authors to make their books more available, more affordable to readers that are suffering around the world, sheltering in place, and need 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 a smile on their face, mm-hmm. need diversion, need escape. And that sale has been really successful. We just uh, extended that sale. I saw that. Yeah. We also another really cool thing that I'm really excited about. Uh, in December, we announced. Smashwords pre-sales. Mm-hmm. And we announced that after filing a patent for it. So this was my big project of all of last year. It consumed like every waking moment writing this patent and creating the invention and then coding the invention. Well, our engineers coded the invention. And then we launched it. So Smashwords pre-sales allows you to provide readers that you select early access to purchase your upcoming book release. You talk about this on your last episode of Smart Author as well. <clears throat> well, uh, so, well, I was ta- probably talking about uh, pre-orders. You were. Yeah. So, why don't we talk about the difference between the two? Because pre-sales are so new that most people don't know what they are. Okay. Yeah. Let's so, so, pre-sales or pre- pre-orders. First, let's talk about pre-orders. Okay. So, Smashwords introduced pre-orders about seven years ago. A pre-order allows you to get your book listed at all the major retailers up to 12 months in advance of the book's release date. So you can have your book listed as a pre-order at our retailers even before you've finished the book. Pre-orders are super powerful. Authors that release their books as pre-orders earn a lot more money, a lot more sales than authors who don't. And the reason, the primary reason, is that once your book is on pre-order, readers can start discovering it. You can start promoting it. As you're communicating with your fans on your Facebook page or on your blog and telling them about your work in progress, you can say, hey, you know, it's on pre-order at Apple. Go get it. Yeah. Then they don't forget about it, yeah. right? And then the other, another cool thing, yeah, they, they, well, they can buy it and then they can reserve that copy and then forget about it. Because otherwise… You're going to have readers that that honestly intend to purchase your book when it comes out in six months, but six yeah. months from now, they're going to forget about it. 
And another cool thing about pre-orders is that at Apple Books, which is the world's second largest seller of eBooks, at Apple, all of those pre-orders that you accumulate leading up to your book release get credited as sales on the first day that your book goes Ooh. on sale. So that dries deal. up your unit yeah. volume, which which controls the bestseller list. So we've had dozens and dozens and dozens of Smashwords authors hit number one at Apple, mm. because when they release, they've got thousands of pre-orders built up in the kitty. That's awesome. So super powerful, because if you can get your book listed high in the bestseller lists, it increases the visibility and therefore increases the desirability of your book in the minds of consumers. So that those are pre, that's pre-order. So a pre-order, it, when a customer places a pre-order, it's like a reservation for your book. Mm-hmm. to receive it at this future date when you release your book to the public. A pre-sale is different. So let's say your book is on pre-order and your book's going to release on December 31st of this year. You can run a pre-sale at Smashwords where uh, customers are able to purchase your book a day early, a week early, whatever you determine, it's up to you. And then when when the customer is placing that pre-order or pre-sale, I'm uh, sorry, when they're buying the pre-sale book, uh, once they buy it, they get instant access to read the book early before everyone else. And we also give the customer the opportunity to sign up for your private mailing list. And if they give us permission to share their email address with you, then we share it with you and you can download it as a spreadsheet. So this is how authors can build their platform. And there's another huge platform building benefit of pre-sales. Your most loyal readers value the ability to read your next book early. So you can use pre-sales to market your books and build your author platform 365 days a year. Anywhere that you're advertising your private mailing list, you can tell readers that one of the benefits of signing up for your mailing list is that you're going to give them early access to pre-sales so that they right. can read. They can be the first to read your book. So this is a great opportunity for you to turn fans into super fans. It's a great opportunity for you to take all those people that are following you on social media and get them to sign up for your mailing list because now they have a strong incentive to sign up for your mailing list because you're going to give them this special privilege. This is awesome. And this is all through your eBooks. Have you, have you ever considered doing print on demand and going into the print world? We could ask that all the time. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> I'm guessing the answer is a very strong no. Uh, yes, Chad, you answer correctly. <laughs> Ch- Chad, you win. <laughs> God, I, can't, I can't imagine. Well, because I've I've done enough books and created enough print books to know that it's a damn hassle. It's like every every yeah. step of the way is, and to streamline that is a huge hassle. Mm-hmm. It, it it is it it's a completely different beast. You know, mm-hmm. when I was working on the business plan for Smashwords back in two thousand five, you know, I looked around what was out there, and there were already a lot of. Um, print self-publishing options out there. Most of them were called vanity presses. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, print net did not seem satisfying to me because I realized that, you know, if we, if we were to get into print, our authors would just be filling their garages 
with unsold books unless yep. those books can get into distribution and to get and that into was common yeah that's what was happening 15 that, years that, yeah ago. yeah and it still happens it, it and you know it, it, looking at the problem that we wanted to solve what i what i wanted to do you know i, I you know after the experience of that my wife and i had trying to get our novel sold to new york I realized that the large publishers just simply don't have the ability or interest to say yes to every author. They cannot invest in every author. There's just simply not enough capacity at the publishers and not enough shelf space at the physical retailers. And that's what got me thinking about ebooks. And then I started thinking, well, should we do print as well? And, and the answer was just a flat no, because I wanted us to focus on something that we could do better than anyone else. People are already doing print. And also, you know, once you get familiar with Smashwords, you'll see it's a self-serve platform. We're able to offer this service for free because it is self-serve. So mm -hmm. you come to Smashwords, you can do everything online all by yourself. You don't need to talk to us. Uh, you don't need to receive calls from a salesperson. We don't employ salespeople. But you, do you offer, if someone needed help, are there, yes. is there someone there who can help? I thought yes. so. Yeah. So we have free online support and, and very responsive support. The, our, our authors love it. Customers love mm -hmm. it too. Uh, and then we've got copious uh, online resources as well to help you, um, you know, publish more successfully. Mm. And it's an easy platform to use. It really is. Yeah. You know, one of the things I like about you, Mark, in particular, is the fact that, I mean, you are an author yourself. You've always been an advocate for indie authors. And you actually return emails from everyone and you make yourself really accessible to your authors. You mentioned earlier the authors give back sale, which was a result of so many authors reaching out to you and saying, hey, we want to do something. Yeah. We want to, you know, and you, you listened, you heard the call and you responded. And that's pretty incredible. It's that's rare. Well, well, thanks. You know, from the from the start of this business, uh, I've always tried to make myself accessible to everyone. My email is address is really easy to find. In mm -hmm. fact, I think it might even still guess. be. I yeah. think it, I think it might even still be in the uh, uh, the original uh, you know the welcome email when you sign up for the site, and it's in my books as well. Um, yeah, I, I love hearing from authors. Uh, you know, I. Every day I'm in communication, often with our best-selling authors. You know, you can't be in this business for a long time without building relationships. Many of these authors have become my friends, and I love to hear from them. I love to hear what they're experiencing, what they like, what they don't like, what they're afraid of, what they're excited about. And um, you know, I, I think you know a lot of our authors know that if if they have a you know a strong suggestion, we want to hear it. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, so the, this sale was a result of, you know, authors requesting it and we extended the sale because customers were requesting it. Yeah, that's awesome. It was so it was originally 30 days. And now how long do people have to take advantage of the authors give back sale? Now it's running through May 31st. Awesome. Okay. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, you heard it here. <laughs> we're, we're actually going to be sending out an email to all of our authors later today. With, to, how many to authors do you have? Yeah, cool. Uh, I think we're at about 130,000, 140,000. Nice. Yeah. yeah that's and in, that's these, incredible. And these are not just individual authors, but also small independent presses. Right. 
That's right. And that was going to be one of my questions. Also, I wanted to talk about Author Education Day. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I'm one of the co-founders of the San Diego Writers Festival. And all of the writers festivals and conferences across the country have been canceled or postponed. So in response to that, you created Author Education Day, can, which I believe is free. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? And Sure. Well, this was actually an event that happened uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. This was our first online event like that. Uh, but that was really in response to seeing the cancellation of all these different conferences around the country. You know, I probably had, I don't know, three or four speaking gigs that were canceled in short order. Um, our, our marketing director, Jim Azevedo, also had events canceled. And as I started thinking about, you know, the COVID epidemic and what was going on, you know, I made the decision that here at Smashwords, uh, we're not going to do any more public speaking until it's safe for us to go out until there's a, a vaccine or a cure, because I I don't think I would ever forgive myself if, if an author came to see me at a conference because they wanted to see me or hear my workshop and they got sick. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, I just, I think, you know, physical gatherings of, at conferences are, are um, going to change in the future. Yeah. You know, my, I hope, I hope, my hope is that, a vaccine can be developed sooner than people are saying, or a cure can be developed or a treatment. Um, because the sooner that happens, the sooner we can get back to, to back to business. But, you know, thinking about that, I was thinking about all the authors out there who, you know, authors need continuing education. The world is changing all the time. And the writers' conferences are such fabulous places for writers to come together, learn from experts, and meet fellow authors and just be part of the community. There's just, well, you know, for, from your experience, yeah. this is just, a conference is an indispensable tool to help mm -hmm. for professional development. And so we came up with this idea for Author Day. We we it was a single day event. We we Jim Azevedo, our marketing director, presented um, four different one hour workshops, followed by Q and A after. And this was kind of a an experiment, a test for us. And I think we had over five hundred people attending. And wow! It, the, Congratulations. The, the feedback was really great. And so now Jim and I are talking about. You know where can we take this next? And and the, what we're thinking about right now is that we're probably going to create some kind of ongoing, um, ongoing calendar of events so that authors will be able to attend you know multiple live events when they need them. Wonderful. So stay That's tuned great. for that. You know, Jim and I are still strategizing on that, but you know our our focus in our you know when we present at conferences or you know, for the for the author day webinars, um, we're focused on evergreen best practices. And, and I think that's why we get invited back to so many conferences. You know, we're not there to sell Smashwords. We're not right. salespeople. Right. We're there to sell you on best practices because this is what you should be doing. You know, my view is that if we can teach you to think and act like a professional publisher, if we can open your eyes to all the amazing tools that are out there, not just at Smashwords, but at other places, um, that eventually you'll come to realize that you'd be dumb not to work with us. You know, <laughs> many, many, of these, many of these tools are only available at Smashwords, like this new pre-sale tool. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only available at Smashwords. This is a Smashwords invention. Uh, we've applied for a patent, and hopefully we do get the patent. And if we get the patent, we want to license it to everyone, including our competitors. We want everyone to be able to benefit from this. So we're excited awesome. about that. We're, Very cool. we're excited about educating authors. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I guess for my final question, do you have any other like last words or you know best practice advice for our listeners who are mostly authors that you want to just share before we close? Sure. Uh, you know, there's always the temptation to to gravitate toward the new shiny object. People are always you know, it's human nature to want to find that one single magic bullet that can catapult you to bestsellerdom and help you achieve all your writerly dreams. It's really important for writers to realize that there is no single magic bullet. Amen to K- that. KDP <laughs> Select is not the magic bullet. You know, hiring a, an expensive public relations person is not a magic bullet. What you need to realize is that there are many magic bullets, and these magic bullets are called best practices. And there's not just one best practice that you need to do well. There are dozens of best practices that you need to do well. And you can't just do them once. You need to constantly iterate them and improve them. And so this is what we teach in in our classes. It's what I teach in my books. Uh, You know, I teach these best practices. I teach it in the podcast. And so, I think that's really important for for writers to understand is that, you know, as a self-published author, you are a publisher and you want to emulate the best practices of the most professional publishers. Now, increasingly, some of the most professional, most successful publishers are your fellow indie authors. Many of the best practices for ebook marketing, for example, were pioneered by your fellow indie authors, things like free series starters. That's an example of something that, you know, indie authors pioneered that. It's, it's, an, it's a superpower that indie authors have that traditional publishers don't have. What is free series starters? Okay, so let's say you write a series. At Smashwords, you can place the first book in the series for free. Got it. Permanently it. free. It's the carrot. <laughs> yes. So we, we've awesome. been we've been advocating this for twelve years, and we've seen a number of our authors, you know, go on to become bestsellers just simply because they priced the first book in the series at free. Mm-hmm. They they gave their readers a chance to read their book. The reader the reader has a chance to um, learn, to you know, to admire the author. You're, it's your opportunity to earn the trust of the reader. And once you earn the trust and the loyalty of the reader, once they appreciate what an awesome writer you are, then of course they're going to want to go on and read book two and book three in the series, which carries a price, and that's where you're going to make your money. When we look at the data, we find that series that have a free series starter generally earn more money than series that don't have a free series starter. And the great thing about self-publishing is that uh, you are the publisher. You're in control. If if this idea of a free series starter sounds intriguing to you, you can try it. If it doesn't work for you, you can go back and put it at a price. Right, right. And, you know, because we don't have 
you know, we don't require exclusivity. We don't impose draconian rules upon our authors. Uh, we give you all the power to be in full control over your book, over your marketing. Uh, it's up to you. Awesome. Mark Coker, thank you so much for joining us here on The Premise today. My pleasure. Jennifer and Chad, thanks for your time. Absolutely. You can publish too, listener. If you need to get your ebook out there, check out smashwords.com. Plus, you can read Mark Coker's blog at blog forward slash smashwords.com and listen to his podcast, Smart Author, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Mark and Smashwords on Facebook and at Twitter at Smashwords and at Mark Coker. This has been another episode of The Premise. Visit us online at thepremisepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at podpremise and subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you spending the time to join us here today. Be safe, friends. Until next week. Are you an author with a story to tell, but you're just not sure how to get that story out? Guess what? You don't have to do it alone. Marnie Friedman is an incredible writing coach. She offers personalized support and expertise to guide you from a kernel of an idea to completion. Visit MarniFriedman.com to learn more. That's M-A-R-N-I-F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N.com. This episode is brought to you by Monkey See Media, a small boutique design firm offering award-winning websites, book cover designs, book trailers, and photography services. And full disclosure, we love what we do. Chad and I founded Monkey See Media in 2004, and we're still going strong. Visit monkeycmedia.com. That's M-O-N-K-E-Y, the letter C, media.com to see how we can help you promote your book, build a powerful online presence. Mm-hmm. What else you got, Chad? Uh, let's see. We've got the San Diego Writer Festival. San Diego Writers Festival. There are many writers. (laughs) And they're a proud sponsor of our Premise podcast as well. 